We are so glad that you came this evening to this Wednesday evening service and second installment of three steps of discipleship. Last week in a way of review, I talked about the first step of discipleship is to ask. And reading from the book of James in the fourth and fifth verses, James says, let endurance have its perfect result, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. James desired to communicate to the church people that he was writing to that it's not God's desire that a disciple lacks anything. It's his desire, and he's a generous God. He's a generous, benevolent Father. Uh, But if any of you lacks wisdom, in verse 5, this lack is when we fail to ask. But if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives all men generously and without reproach. And I hope I stressed enough last week that the asking is something we ask at the beginning of our day. Wherever that day starts for you, that's the point of your need to ask for wisdom in particular to ask for God to reveal himself to you personally. When you start your day in that manner, God loves to see a disciple take that first step in asking God to just simply reveal himself to you. And he can reveal himself to you in any way he chooses. But when he does, you're obviously responses to say, there you are, thank you. Uh, but, but not just God in the connection. James in the first verse said, James, a bond servant. And I remember asking you, have you ever been able to put your name in that category of your walk with God, that you're bound to be a servant to the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you there? And um, it's not just the connection with God. The asking is the asking to be able to share in that walk and be connected with another person. And we want to get in more specific detail as to how that works. And you remember the uh, video clip that we had last week about uh, the, the movie Secretariat. The horse that won the Triple Crown back in 1973 at the Kentucky Derby, the groomer of this horse saw something in this horse that prompted him to walk out on the track early the dawn, the day of the race of the Kentucky Derby, and say, look out, let's sow that baby. You got that cute up? I did that, did he? We go 
Christmas this morning, and you're about to see something that you ain't never even seen before. So get ready. Get ready. of God involved in our lives. 
and the, the, the response from, uh, from us must be one of faith. It says in verse 6, but he must ask in faith without any doubting. Because the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. A lot of things are being weighed in the balance here in James, in the early chapter of James, where, he, where, he, where you compare and contrast God is such a generous God. He's a, he, he's, he gives to all men liberally. He gives ungrudgingly. He gives without reproach. He gives without fault-finding. There should be no hindrance of you getting up every morning and beginning to beseech a loving Father to help you be able to recognize Him. And you're to ask in faith, because in verse 5, where it says, there's no wavering, there's no hesitation, there's no doubting, because those who doubt... Instead of being single-minded in your steps of discipleship, you actually become double-minded, and that double-mindedness winds up giving you very unstable lifestyle, an unstable lifestyle compared to what James says, like the surf driven and tossed by the wind. A single-minded person, on the other hand, is receives liberally from a generous father. If I was going to choose, I think I'd want to choose that route than to experience. And I've lived in this life of going through periods of time in my life where I've been double-minded. I've confessed that to you. It wasn't easy. God designed us to be single-minded, our focus to be on Him. And that's why it's so important to take this step of trusting Him because a double-minded people, in verse 7 and 8, don't, you can't expect them to receive anything from the Lord. They're unstable. They're hesitating. They're dubious. They're irresolute. They're unreliable. And they're in, uncertain about everything. Your choice to be a disciple is to connect with your loving Father who wants to, this to be a journey of steps. That's these three steps of discipleship. You've taken the first step. You've asked. The next step is to trust because I'm just, you won't, uh, you won't need to look these up, but I'm going to ask you maybe to, to write some of these down if you want to re- refer back to them. Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. Uh, that double-minded person is one who's going to be leaning a lot on their own understanding. Uh, Isaiah 12, 2, Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid. You see, when we take that step of trust, we don't have to live in a life of fear because your trust is in a trustworthy God, a generous, giving God who gives to His children the identity and security that we need to actually experience life. 
And when you're connected, again, I hope I'm emphasizing this enough, the need for you to be connected as a disciple with another person. We're going to have a period of time in this talk where you'll get to actually practice this somewhat. God is my salvation. In Isaiah 12, 2, I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. The focus is, on, is upon God. But these steps that we take, we take not just with God, but we take with another disciple on the journey that we are on. Don't miss that part of it. Jeremiah 17, 7. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Do you want to live a blessed life? I do. I'm, that means I trust in Him. That's that second step that a disciple should take is to actually step out in trust. You step out in faith. You actually say to God, I don't understand this, but I believe you. I'm trusting in you. And you need to have another person that you're on this journey with that you can actually share these thoughts with. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. Amen? In Revelation 22, verse 6, the last chapter of the Bible, John writes these words. These words are trustworthy and true. God's not going to miss leads you in any way. He's not trying to trip you up. He's wanting you to take these steps with sureness, with a stability, with an insight to know that you're getting your direction from your Father, and He wants you to be in connection with another individual that you're walking together. God did not want us to be lone rangers in the kingdom. He, I hope you listen to me on this. This is supremely important. This is where the rubber meets the road because you can listen to any message that's spoken and go home and it'll go in one ear and right out the other without some kind of application into your life. And the ability for you to sit down with another individual either right after this message or at some time during the week where you're in, in an accountability situation with another person, you need to walk the walk, not just talk the talk. And Psalm 20 and verse 7, some people trust in chariots and some in horses. I know we don't use chariots and horses today, but there's a lot of things that people will put their trust in other than God. The step of a disciple is one where you step out in trust of the Lord. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of his name is precious. His name is real. And to know you're trusting in Him gives you that stability to walk through the difficult times and the circumstances that we're in in today's world. That was, um, that was Psalm 20, verse 7. In Psalm 37, 5, commit your way to the Lord. And are you picking up this again? This is about a journey. It's talking about a way. One of the steps of a disciple, ask God, trust in Him. The third is to obey. Ask, trust, and obey. Let's say that. Ask, trust, 
and obey. Let's say that again. Ask, trust, and obey. Uh, commit your way, Psalm 37, 5. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in Him, and He will act. generous God. In Psalm 62, verse 8, trust in Him at all time, O people. Pour out your heart before Him. God is a refuge for us. You know, when you have these times of difficulty where you, that you seem like you're caught up in a whirlwind and everything's going around and around, and you, God is a real refuge that you can run to. He's not only that, but he is a high tower. He allows you to climb up into the heights with him to give you a different perspective from the mess that you're in. He wants you to be able to follow him, trust in him. That is the second step. It's so important that you make this not just with God, but with another person as well. And the final verse I want to share for tonight is, the works in, the, in Psalm 111.7, the works of his hands are faithful and just. All his precepts are trustworthy. All his precepts are trustworthy. And, I, I, and again, I've been emphasizing this, that I hope you really hear this message on the fact that you need to be connected individually with your God who gives you salvation, but with another person whom you're walking with in this journey. I'll share just a personal note on this. Um, you know, Phil Smith is well loved in this church. Is that amen? Phil Smith and I made a connection several years ago. A real connection for five years was my right-hand man doing a Celebrate Recovery program. I depended on Phil. And Phil let me be held accountable to him. He, he not only did the cooking for our meal, but he taught the class and he gave leadership in that. And my connect, connection, real connection with Phil began during that five years of going through the principles of Celebrate Recovery, where you go through the Beatitudes. There are eight steps, just like there are eight Beatitudes, and the discovery of identity as you work through these eight steps, these are eight principles, uh, was just utterly amazing to me. I watched Phil actually mature in the Lord and grow in God as well as I grew in God. If he followed me into a maximum security prison ministry that I'm involved with called Kairos uh, for about three years. He went into the prisons with me in ministry where we ministered four days on a, on a uh, Kairos weekend event twice a year. We go into the prison for four days, minister to 48 inmates over that four-day period, teaching them practical. Christianity, and basically teaching them these steps that I'm giving you. They weren't put in this kind of a format, but we teach them that this works. 
this works by getting with another person in the, in the prison compound, sharing your journey together. The Kairos prayer we would pray every time we get together is, Jesus, come join us in our journey. When you invite that, and again, that's the first thing asked. When you invite Jesus, come join us in our journey, he does. He joins you in our journey. In our journey. Jesus, come join us in our journey as we seek your will in this community, in this environment. It, it's a completely different environment in a maximum security prison. I'm, I'm grateful that I don't live there. But I met men who have been freed of the bondages that they've held in their heart for many decades. And God has set them free to be alive and free. Jesus, come join us in our journey as we seek your will in this community, in this environment. Teach us to love each other. That's a powerful thing to say in prison. Teach us to love and not hate. Teach us to love each other as you loved us. To give of ourselves as you gave yourself. That the kingdom of God might be made present to all. I've witnessed over the 15 years I've been involved in this ministry at Kairos. I've witnessed inmates who will never get out of prison see the kingdom of God in their life in a, in, in a prison, on the prison compound. And Phil was involved with me for about three years in that where he actually, I watched him mature the way he led a team. He was the leader of a team. We had about 50 men on our team from all different denominations and backgrounds. And he led our team into the Kairos weekend. I've never been so proud of somebody as seeing, and, and I know some of you have also been involved in that ministry going into prison with us. But I'm sharing these with you to let you know this connection that you walk in a, a journey together is dynamic and it works. And for the next 10 minutes, I want to give you an opportunity to actually exercise this. And, and practice this. I'm going to put three questions up on the uh, screen, and I'm going to ask you to get with another person here in this room. Uh, share your thoughts on the first question. Are there any areas in your life where you'd like to be more trusting with God? I don't know about you. I don't know how close, how, however close you get to God. There's always an area that I'd like to trust God more. If you're having difficulty in this area of trusting God, that would be a good time to share this with whoever you pick to share with. For 10 minutes, we'll be doing this. And for those of you that are listening to this message on the Internet, there will be some soft music being played in the background to where you won't hear the silence. Because I plan to come back and we'll have some feedback. But this first question, are, you, are there any areas in your life where you'd like like to be more trusting with God. Second question, do you have a person you share mutual accountability with your journey with God? Do you realize that's what I've been talking about here all, all tonight? This is the step of trust, of walking out in trust with another person. This is the focus of what I'm trying to speak about tonight, is actually journeying 
your faith walk with another person and beginning to open up with another person. And you're going to practice here tonight. The third is where would you look to find such an accountability partner? So if you're listening to this in the way of the Internet, I would encourage you, if you've got somebody to talk to, just take 10 minutes, talk with this person, and if you do not have a person to talk with, I, I pray that you'll take a, a pad and paper and just journal some things down. So go ahead now. I'll give you 10 minutes, and you might have to move around the room a little bit, but please share with another person these three questions. Robert, are you going to play?
as we quietly go back to our group now, I pray that that was a beneficial exercise for you. Could I have anyone give their thoughts about maybe some feelings? The one thing I did like about this exercise is I was talking with Pastor Dominic and He shared some experiences with me where my wife and I were trying to pray more together. We're trying to study the Bible more. It just seems like we're good for a season and then life happens, no matter what it is. And him and I were talking with him. And so, something I need to do on my end is life is always going to happen. There's always going to be distractions, no matter what you do. There's always going to be a bill somewhere. There's always going to be something you need. Especially on my part, because I'm the leader of the house. I just, I just need to push that way, maybe for 10 to 20 minutes a day. Nothing, you know, where her and I can just talk and read a devotion. Um, sometimes we do it for a week or two, and then, like I said, life happens. And so, um, you know, with, with accountability, Pastor Dominic and Tracy Perez have really taken me underneath the wing. Really respect the brother because they've really been through a lot of the same things. I have. Dominic and I, we both share a military background, we both share deployments, and things most people never want to see. And then Tracy Perez has the gift of prophecy. I really see it in his ministry. And he's taken me underneath his wing and said, You know, you know how are you doing today? Who's God talking? that together. And so I'm really thankful um, for that aspect, for these two gentlemen here. And I've always believed in spiritual accountability, no matter what or what. I'm always extremely submissive. You know, uh, it was a good exercise. I'm going to take this home and talk to my family. Thank you for being open to that, to be able to share with us larger group because what you said about life happens really does. And that's one of the reasons why it's so important to have an accountability partner because when life happens, you realize, you said you made the connection of you've shared actually same like experiences together. Uh, so that really helps uh, prevent discouragement because the enemy's out to try to discourage us. Uh, these are the points that really do help because we connect Yeah, um, number two, that asks the question about accountability. It reminds me of what Paul said. He says, um, he says, you have uh, no one but Timothy that is really concerned about the things of God. One of the things that I think we need to be very careful of is that we're not too busy because there are many brethren in, in, in the church that are looking for this. And they would like to make themselves accountable to somebody. 
but many times we can become so busy about our lives and the work of God and we're not making ourselves available right and I think this area is very very important because I believe with this area it would bring about a lot of stability with brethren being accountable to one another helping them to grow right so this area really speak to myself and my wife and we was talking about it and um, you know by the grace of God this is here we're going to work on so I just wanted to comment on that in fact I guess with men I was about to say earlier that uh, I think women have a lot easier ability to begin to open up like this here with uh, with another person but I know with men, there's this whole issue of trust. Until you connect and you say, like, you're in, you both have uh, combat experience and you realize that there's a real connection there. And a lot of times for men, it takes a little while to have the trust issue to where I don't know whether I want to open up or not. I, I don't know why that's so difficult for a man. But I know I know it, 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 I know that's the case. A lot of times that happens. Did uh, did anyone realize that this is not that difficult? You know, it's uh, it's important to do it, and once you realize the benefit, it becomes a lot easier. Um, having mutual accountability. Uh, when you've seen a stressful situation, uh, being able to talk to a chaplain, being able to talk to an accountability person, and uh, I'm, I'm really grateful that we have so many ministers here in this church that we can uh, share and talk about uh, the topics that are, that are stressful. So, yeah, I think it's a real benefit. Thank you. Uh, and, and, and this practice could happen at any of our meetings. It could happen at a ladies' function. It could happen at a men's breakfast, regardless of the topic. Uh, Because when I say that, regardless of the topic, your, how would you say, life happens? (laughs) Life happens. And when when you're in a group of, you know they're Christian men or Christian women, and life has happened for you. It's so easy to somebody ask you how you're doing, and you say, "I'm fine." How many have realized that may not be the case at all? You know, it's it, it, but it, it's not that difficult to do. Is the breaking down the barriers of stepping out and trusting God and trusting another person to actually share your journey. And when, you, when, you're, when you're bold enough to begin to exercise this in faith, God opens up. That's why I say the clip, uh, uh, get ready. Get, when this starts happening, get ready. You're about to see something that you've never seen before. You, God's going to blow your mind of the insights and depth of your spiritual walk. Because this is God's desire for you. This is his intention for you to not be lacking anything. 
He wants your life to be full of the knowledge of God in your life. And that goes from the, the moment that you wake up all through your day. It's not to worry about tomorrow. It's not to feel guilty about your past because he's taking care of your guilt of your past. And he doesn't want you worrying about the future. You've only got today. You've only got this moment. And we've taken this 10 minutes. Uh, for those that worked on the Internet, I hope and pray this was beneficial to you. This is not rocket science by any means, but it works. This really works. I've seen it work in a maximum security prison, and I know it worked here tonight. It worked in my life. So next week, we take that third step of obedience. Uh, the three steps of a disciple is to ask, ask God to reveal himself to you. The best time to do that is in the morning. Whatever morning is to you, get up in the morning and say to God, I really would like to see you today on my journey through this day. Number two is to trust him. Because God's going to show himself to you. He's going to reveal himself. Believe this. He will reveal that love he has for you. Because that's how much he delights in you. When you when you realize that happens and he shows you himself, the obvious step is to trust him. He's not going to say something to you that's going to harm you. He's wanting to build you up and help you mature. So take that step. And as we go into next week, that, okay, I'm taking this step, but I'm going to be obedient to whatever he says. And it's going to stretch your faith. But that's okay. That's okay. Let him stretch you. Let him exercise your faith to know you're going to grow. You're going to grow. So next week, guess what? We're going to do this exercise again. Will you come back? Let's pray. Lord, thank you for my friends here in this body of believers. And I thank you for anyone who's listening on the Internet to this program tonight. This works. So many times we get caught up in life, worry, fearful, anxious, confused, feeling driven and tossed about like the surf of the sea, experiencing those feelings of not single-mindedness, but double-minded. We really don't expect to see anything from you, and we don't get anything. God, we choose and are going to choose in this exercise to begin to take these steps of a disciple, to know that as we ask you, you're going to answer our request to see you. Help us to be connected with another person in our journey, to share in our life together, to trust you, to know you're going to make our lives better. As Billy preached last Sunday, it's all going to be better. The future is going to be better. Look out. Something's about to happen. And we're going to obey you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.